And what has changed now is that Google treats every query in the context. And that's where search intent is coming from. They want to know exactly what people are looking for, what problems they're trying to solve. It should come as no surprise that Anne and her talented team found in a boutique agency called Smarty Marketing, dedicated to helping others and tapping into their vast collective resource of knowledge. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Smarty Marketing Agency, and we have today with us April, our social media manager, and John, our client rep. <laughs> I, I think I got all the uh, titles right because we're still working on those. <laughs> uh, today is not as an exciting topic as it was last time, but it is a very important in SEO. I do have a newsletter on LinkedIn. Please check it out for all the screenshots and links of what I'm going to talk about today. You can find it on my page. Uh, it's nsmarty on LinkedIn. Um, you can scan through that newsletter. Please subscribe. I do, I, I do publish it Tuesday. So you can um, be in, updated on the SEO and marketing and AI trends, new tools, new tactics. I try to make it very up to date with everything that's going on, Google updates, AI tools, all of that. And today's topic is search intent. And I think that's one of those topics that is has changed a lot throughout the years. SEO has been changing a lot. If you don't count the fundamentals, things like create people for content and create great content and get great links, those three things did not change. But many other areas in SEO has been changing a lot and keyword research and keyword optimization are two of those areas that has changed in many ways from what we what, from what we knew when we started. So when search engines began, it was all about keyword matching. So there is the web page and there is the search query. The web page is in the index of Google. Anytime people type anything in the search box, Google would just match that query to the keyword on the on web documents in their index. That was 20 years ago. That, that was very, powerful tactic to optimize. So you, all you needed is to have a page that would have that keyword in the title throughout the page. Um, there was keyword density, all that fun, and it's no longer working that way. So Google has changed the way it treats search queries. Now it uses semantic analysis, machine learning, AI to better understand, and they're obviously their own click-through data that they collect, analyze, and adjust the algorithm based on those insights. And what has changed now is that Google treats every query in the context. And that's where search intent is coming from. They want to know exactly what people are looking for, what problems they're trying to solve, and what they're trying to accomplish. And that is not just based on 
their own behavior. So they, there is a personalized search, but there is always uh, also the all the data that they have collected throughout the years for every popular query that they know that they have been tracking, analyzing. They have uh, they know exactly what people interact with, which pages they stayed on which ones they went back to search to and what exactly they need every time they search and we don't have data like that all we know is like there's a query i think people are trying to accomplish this and many seo agencies and in-house seos they rely on that data basically what they think people are trying to accomplish when searching, but it doesn't look that way. And in my newsletter, I told a little story on how I thought the query would be perceived and how actually diverse it could be in terms of searching for it. Many people treated it differently and uh, the uh, Google, Google search results were serving me not exactly what I was looking for. And that's part of every optimization process is to try and reverse engineer what Google thinks about each search query. So it's, it could be informational, but it could be informational in so many different ways. Some people need a quick answer. Some people need a tool. Some people need a solution. Some people need to buy something. But you never know until you search Google, because Google knows knows exactly what their searches need at this point. After 20 years of collecting data, they know exactly what they need, and we need to learn from that. I also do have um, a few ideas on how to use AI platforms to make to get even more insights into what AI could think about each search query. We do have custom GPT that analyzes every search query and comes back with who can be searching for that, what are the buyer personas behind those queries, and which problems they're trying to, to solve by searching that. So that is an additional insight to every search query that you are trying to optimize for. There are also impossible search engine uh, SERPs where you can never get on top of five, for example, search results. And that is also something to keep in mind when you're considering any keyword as, you, as part of your optimization strategy. Sometimes all you see on top of search results are biggest players like Wikipedia, of course, now Reddit, um, official sites behind those brands. If the Google thinks there is an entity search uh, behind a search query. And sometimes you just don't need to bother to optimize for that query because there is no way you can rank. So there are all kinds of things to think about when you create your keyword list. And the biggest thing here is that you need to search for each of them. You need to actually look through search results. And there are always lots of clues to get out of any search engine result page, because sometimes Google will show, hi, this is all about this brand. You can, that, that's a navigational query throughout the years. We have realized that's what people need. So we show all the results that about that brand, or sometimes you will see local results and that they will dominate searches out, search results for, for a particular keyword. And now you know that people searching for that are actually going to, to, to go somewhere and buy something there. So if you're not a local business, you may not solve, you may not be solving that problem. So there are lots of clues to 
get out of the search result pages and adjust your optimization strategy based on that. We know that with um, if Google goes public with search generative experience, the most important task there is to prioritize your keywords. So make it new thing in your SEO strategy. Every keyword, you need to know exactly what your chances are to get there. If your business is solving that particular problem, if you if the answer is the, the answers are no, you you will not rank in top of five results. And no, your business is not exactly the same that Google is serving, is not is not solving that problem at all. You just put that keyword aside and prioritize your keyword list based on that. So you don't waste your time on something that is not going to deliver results. So this is a quick introduction. <laughs> Actually, it took me about 10 years, 10 minutes, uh, almost half of our time here with us. But that's a quick introduction. Again, check out the newsletter on my LinkedIn and we'll discuss more questions throughout these 30 minutes. If you have any, please ask them on our LinkedIn. So I, I'm going back. I know I'm in the keyword world for many years. Um, John is pretty much the same. April is a little bit newer because she is focusing on social media and not, not so much on keywords and SEO. So I would love your insight into what, what tools could be used to find, refine your keyword strategy, uh, what your thoughts are. Have Google been delivering great results that were solving your problem so far? How good search results are? Because there are many complaints about that. So any any questions uh, that you have, also ask them as well. John, let's start with you because you are you are more familiar with the topic, and then April will chime in as well. <laughs> I have doing been doing keyword research for about seven or eight years now, and I still use the tried and true method that I started with. I start with SEMrush. Uh, I just download a lot of keywords. I then take it over to a spreadsheet and manually use different formulas to narrow down what what keywords are my priority to work on. Now, I'm sure there are better methods out there. This is a very labor intensive method, but it has provided great results in creating new content and optimizing existing content, updating content on the website in general. And it, is, it has been working for me, but I'm always willing to hear more about what's the next best thing because I'm still laboring away for a few hours, a few days, depending on the website, through many, many spreadsheets and many, many formulas to narrow it down. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. I don't have a shortcut to keyword research. It, if anything, it has gotten much more difficult and challenging these days because now we have to search for the, those keywords. We also need to cluster them based on uh, how closely they are related and how closely the problems behind uh, those search queries are so that we could have one page per that group of keywords. I also look at questions all the time. Um, and those questions you can find in SMrush. And you can also find them from Google search results when people also ask and see and kind of try to analyze whether this question is something you need to cover in the same page or if there is a different page that with a little bit different intent, different um, 
structure of that page. So it's it's a lot. It's definitely a lot to think about when you do keyword research. And as far as I'm concerned, I think it has gotten much, much more challenging. If previously you would just, I don't know, export whatever you found in SEMrush and give it back to your writer and say, hey, just create content to that for those pages. There are search intent, commercial, navigational, transactional, that's it. That's all we had to deal with. And now it's all about finding related searches, finding uh, trusted sources for every keyword. So there are a lot of pieces um, to that. And when I do editorial calendar for any of our clients, I always uh, take all those things into account and create a huge spreadsheet with, hey, this is the main keyword. These are all the keywords that are closely re related and should be on the same page. Here are all the questions that should be covered. And here are other things that we need to think about if there is an image pack or videos uh, ranking for that keyword. There is, we probably need to create that asset as well to go uh, with our article and accomplish something and give more uh, information to people looking for this. So it's definitely not an easy process. I'm with you on that. <laughs> and it's layers upon layers, uh, yeah. investigating the competitors, investigating yourself. Yes, yeah. exactly. I like, to use, I like using exactly. that. People also ask and, and um, the other section at the bottom of the Google search results. And I just... I kind of like can because I do like write a lot of page copy too with a lot of keyword rich page copy and like sometimes I'll use those questions as like the headers for new sections to answer and answer the and answer the keywords with you know like I try to make it seem natural but I'll also answer the questions and yeah you know, I, I actually find it really fun because it's kind of like psychology a little bit to figure out what people want to know about the topic. I also ask myself what I want to know about the topic. So I just, you are your own best resource. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And I had actually had a question. Well, I think you kind of addressed it. Like Google has been getting better at understanding user intent and context. And I feel like it, it, it knows like what I'm asking based on stuff I've searched before or like my internet activity, like this, is that possible? Like Google can get to, can see all that stuff. Absolutely. And you have, you, any user can disable Google from doing that, but I don't think any, many people realize that or do that. So we get the majority of uh, uh, personalization Google is doing, is applying to most of its users for sure. Uh, they do look into your previous searches, especially your previous searches in the same session. Right. I did a few experiments with that. For example, if you search for something like how many calories are in cheesecake and your next um, query would be uh, best recipe for tonight, Google will actually serve <laughs> you cheesecake recipes <laughs> because you just searched for that within the same uh, session. <laughs> yes, it can be. It can be different if you go to another browser or even uh, close that tab and search again in a different tab in the same browser that would impact that. But immediate searches definitely inform Google as to what you're looking for. But it's not just that. Uh, we know and from uh, their documentation that is going public these days, we know that they do use click data and they save it for about 
16 months or 13 months. I oh, forgot wow. exactly how long, but they collect that and they adjust their algorithm based on that. So it's not just not as straightforward. So it's not applied to a certain URL. For example, if your uh, search snippet is not clicked that much, it's not against you. Google does not apply any penalties to that, to, to, to your URL, but they adjust their algorithm for that query to try and give surface something that people really search for. If you search for, and that was in my newsletter, like if you search for Harry Potter house, Google thinks it's about the Hogwarts, all the Hogwarts houses there. So it's not just Harry Potter. They know Harry Potter is more like an entity that applies to the whole book, not to the character uh, inside that book. And they do not do that because they of semantic analysis, which also a part of that, I feel, I feel like, but it's mostly about what most of their users mean when they search for something like that. And that that's the, the, the part of the puzzle that the piece of the puzzle that we do not have and will never, never have, because it's not possible to, to get that insight from Google for every search query, what exactly they know about it. So the only way to get a little bit insight into that is to actually search for that and searching for every search query that you are trying to include into your SEO strategy is very time consuming. But at this point, we cannot get away from that because we need to know what Google thinks about query and how, how they actually analyze it and what they have found from months and years of people searching for that. We're talking an awful lot about uh, Google. They're the main player. They're the biggest player out there. But um, and their Google, their algorithmic algorithm has been changing a lot and it will always continue to change and to grow. Uh, in my opinion, right now, the search results are not favoring some of the better sites, but um, that will the pendulum will swing back and forth. But right now we have other players in the game. We have ChatGPT, uh, and as you've mentioned before in, in our conversations, owned uh, largely by Microsoft, and Microsoft has now become a major player again. Do they follow Google's trends, and do they follow, follow Google's algorithms, or should we be taking that into bigger consideration, not just on the AI side, but as how do we appeal to other? I think uh, with the keyword to search process, people type the same things in every search box they they come across so uh, your insights into what people search in google can totally be transferred to any other search engine uh, that we have to deal with it's the same people solving the same problems uh, maybe extending it a little bit and i have been writing about for many years how question research is crucial because now you know not just keywords which can be interpreted in different ways uh, questions are much more straightforward and we know exactly it's more more conversational what people are likely to ask AI um, more than just query so question research is definitely getting more important with AI with optimizing for AI platforms or even for including chat GPT uh, so that part definitely will transfer to any search engine or AI platform. We need to know keywords because that gives us an insight into popular things that people are trying to ask or solve. The, the higher search volume, the more people search that question or query in Google, there is more demand for that. 
and their chances are very high that they will do the same. They will ask the same questions any search engines they come across or any AI platform they come across. So definitely keyword research is, will be important, that first part when we need to know what's, what is being searched. Now for the, uh, uh, how they work, definitely they will, do, they will dif be different. I don't think that ChatGPT will at any time include feedback from people. I don't think many people do give them feedback or understand there are so many uh, ways to do that, but I think it will take them some time. So the only sir, the only platform that can give us insight into really what people need is Google. I have another question. If, if... <laughs> um, what would you say is like more important or powerful for rankings, like EEAT or keyword optimization? Like, do you think a page could still rank without any keywords if it's like really helpful? or like hits, checks those EEAT boxes? Uh, yeah, I think there is um, no one answer to that because it's not about the balance. Some pages are missing EAT signals. Some pages are missing backlink profile signals or trusted link signals. Some people are missing keywords from their pages, but they do answer the query in different in a different way so when you the ideal scenario is to have all those pieces together then you have the highest chance to rank for something but sometimes google would balance that for example they may find that this content is helpful but it does not have trusted backlinks but it will still choose to try and surface it to, to its searches so that they can evaluate evaluate is if that's definitely helpful or useful. Another great thing to remind people here is that click data is important, but Google only has click data for search engine for search results that are clicked for the top ones. So that's a that's a very limited chance of uh, limited part of data. They don't have click data for all their index, only higher ranking pages. And that's why they're trying to surface more, more URLs that lack signals, but they want that click data for those as well to better understand what people engage with, interact with, what they find useful. So anytime you see something ranking that's not not supposed to rank based on any signals that we can gather from from seo tools but it ranks very very well that may be part of that helpful content uh, algorithm where try surfacing uh, pages and getting click data for those even though they don't have all the necessary signals that would work for them uh to to rank so it's 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 there is no way <laughs> there's no way to tell hey I don't know, e EAT is the only thing you need, <laughs> then you will rank, yeah. regardless yeah. of keywords, regardless yeah. of anything else. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge puzzle with so many pieces. Yeah. And our job as an SEO agency is to ensure that our clients have most of their pieces together and they have all of that in good shape. You want to be able to see the picture. Yes. So their chances to rank are the highest. Mm -hmm. In my, um, where I was leading earlier with the different products is that when people are asking AI different questions, they are asking questions. Uh, do you think that they're going to be 
bringing that method of query to the search engines? Do you think they're going to start asking longer tail? In your example in your blog, you had a three-word query, Harry Potter house, which, by the way, I, I swear I'm a Hufflepuff and I, and I work with a bunch of Ravenclaws. But uh, that's a... But um, you usually have... Uh, you used a short tail phrase in, in an AI search, but most people, I think, are using conversational questions. Do you think they're going to translate that, go into a Google search or into a, a Bing or Edge search and type in longer tails and get in the habit of using a longer phrase? In which case, does that change your optimization now that you understand the search intent a little bit differently? Well, the thing is, we have been optimizing for conversational search for a few years now, ever since people started talking to their phones instead of typing queries. We have been dealing with questions, long tail queries, and uh, those queries that even Google doesn't know of because people just talk to the phone and it searches. So it it's, has been part of SEO strategy from that time. Uh, and I don't think it is going to change. It is going to be very important. Uh, the longer the query, uh, the easier it is to interpret search intent and to give people exactly what they need. The tough part here is, again, we don't know third of those search queries. I did a test with Ahrefs and SEMrush, uh, looking at my actual keywords at my actual uh, Google traffic, and uh, then using those tools to evaluate what they know about my traffic. And it's always missing one third of search data um, for every site that I checked. So we don't know those queries and whether we are going to know them, I don't know. So we will still have to optimize for what we know. And those are probably shorter tail uh, queries, not just uh, because we just, those tools do not capture long conversational queries because they are, they're new to them, they're new to Google. We don't know exactly what people are searching. So there is a missing missing piece in that regard that we, we don't have that data, but definitely trying to converse through your content and optimize for questions at least for those that we know, is has been an important part of SEO strategy. Ever since the introduction of voice searches. So it's been around for a while. Uh, now... Voice search was kind of the big uh, incentive for that. It's not like we uh, were neglecting long tail queries before that, but with voice search, it was obvious that if we, if we want to be found, we need to know how people talk to to their devices. And I know ChatGPT has a mobile version as well where you can converse with it as well. So it's pretty much the same thing. It's just a different platform. We have a question in our chat um, asking about title tags and the structuring of title tags for pages, mainly with the use of the pipe symbol to break the tag up. Um, do you have any, um, any recommendations on the title tag structure for the pages? I'm... Uh... I'm not very good at that, to be honest. There is a fine balance between making it optimized and making it clickable. So it's for me, it's either always either too boring <laughs> or not 
optimized for uh, search engines. So um, the only thing is Google still thinks title tags are the biggest part, the most important thing uh, on the web page. And they confirmed that in many, do many documents in there, how, how Google uses keywords documentation as well. They do look at keywords in the title tag. So my recommendation is always start with your keyword. It should be the first part of your title if that's possible, just do it because for many reasons, first of all, that's how Google will know that what the page is about, what your focus is, and it will also be right there in search results for Google, for people to see exactly what they're searching. So that could also help with click through. So I always do that. I feel like it's an old school strategy to do that, but that that's something I have not changed throughout the years. I always add the title tag with the main keyword and then try to add something engaging, maybe a question or top 10 list or something like that. Uh, but the first part is always the keyword. With regard to the structure though, do you keep it separated by the pipe symbol? Is that going away? Is that also old school? Uh, or is there an, is the hyphen replacing it or? It could be anything at this point. There are no strict loops there. Usually I do colon or yeah, the hyphen or something like that. Or maybe it could be at the beginning of the whole sentence if I'm optimizing for questions, that could be my whole title. So I don't I don't have strict rules there, but if you have the question behind the query, it's always a great idea to just make it a title tag. It will not exactly be starting with your keyword because there will be a question word, but there are ways around that. You can start with the keyword and then do colon and the and add the question. But they are clicked very well. Questions are very engaging for people because as as soon as we see the question, we want to find the answer, so we click that search result. So it's it's a, it's a fine balance between making it search optimized and interesting enough to get a click. Go into chat GPT with your title tag and say, put my keyword first. It's not, yeah, I, I'm not happy with 80% of title tags it suggests, but it definitely gives an idea of what can be included. So I would, I would add it or what it, what it suggests and then um, optimize it a little bit. And that's my title, but I do, I do feel like yeah, I never, I never end up with my initial title tag variation. So I always have second thoughts. I always edit it. So there's, I don't have the perfect formula for that. <laughs> I think we are, we are ready to wrap up. Um, unless there are any questions in the, um, on LinkedIn, which I'm not really looking at. No other questions. There may be, but I don't have them in front of myself. I believe that was the last one. Thank you very much, Anne, for, for answering. We'll answer any questions uh, in writing if there are any more. Uh, thank you so much for coming to our quick live LinkedIn show. There will be tomorrow, uh, we'll discuss search intent on X spaces. That is Twitter, if you don't know, because I always forget that it is X. So tomorrow at noon, it's February 15. Please come to our uh, X Spaces show as well. You, if you want to grab a mic and talk to us, not in typing, but just talking 
we are we will add you so it's it's a cool way to interact as well tomorrow at noon please visit us at x spaces as uh, twitter seo smarty x seo smarty <laughs> and do subscribe to my newsletter on linkedin i would love to see you next week as well it's uh, wednesdays always at 1 p.m on linkedin we will have show every week on discussing different seo and ai topics so i hope you will join us next week bye don't miss out on our live sessions on linkedin every wednesday where she'll take you to the thrilling journey into the world of seo and marketing then join her the team and others in discussing the podcast in the community of like-minded professionals such as yourself. Ask questions and possibly even be featured on a future podcast. You never know when Anne is at the helm with the Smarty Live phenomenon. This podcast was mastered by Seaside Record Studios out of Los Angeles, California. One of the Michael and Debra Anderson dream 